count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of... Do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do. You have found Daniel Donato's Lost Highway. That lost highway. you cosmic cats cosmic kittens oh man you know actually saying out loud i really hate the way it sounds i had the idea that i was like oh well it'll be on brand and it'll you know point a finger to the thing in culture that we're all looking at right now but i don't want to sound like i'm trying too hard so let me reintroduce it with hello you cool cats cool kittens you see it's easier to swallow but it gets the job done I'm absolutely perplexed by the by the Tiger King series. I'm perplexed as to how we're all looking at it right now and how we're all loving it. But then we're also all kind of emotionally attached to it in a weird way because you watched all the episodes. You watched all the episodes and you kind of know all the characters, you know all the twists and turns. That means it's a combination of several good things. Several good storytelling, right? Good production. But also, aside from the atrocious fashion, the country songs that are all the while incredibly melodic but terrible at the same time that Joe neither wrote nor produced or had any hand in the creation of, I feel like, and also giving shock factor a, a, a good share, I, I think the thing that actually wins over it all is that the main slew of characters within that series are simultaneously villains and heroes at the same time. You hate them and you love them. And... We indeed have this same dynamic internally with ourselves. At least I do. I do at least. I feel like that's kind of why we love and hate and therefore are confused and therefore are on the, on the, on the edge of our seats the entire time through all six or seven episodes. And I don't really watch series. I watch Kirby Enthusiasm and that's it. But Tiger King snuck its way in there. And I had this, I had that heavy thought, and I, I think it's real. I think we love them and we hate them, and it's because they're both heroes and they're both villains, and that's kind of who we are in the role that we play in our day-to-day operations in life. My next guest today is Mr. Orville Peck, country powerhouse artist, entertainer for the ages to come. After putting out his debut album, Pony. Sold out every show on the tour to support the album, has garnered millions of views on YouTube, over 5 million monthly listeners on Spotify, close to a quarter million followers on Instagram, and there's a lot of accolades I'm also leaving out. Having said that, we could look at the baseball card, the logistics that is Orville Peck, and we could say what a magnificent turnout and success. But if we look at the story, and therefore we look at the character development, and therefore we look at the moral compass and the truth that he operates on, that is where the magnificence can be observed and therefore learned. Having been a performer since the age of 10, he has crafted an incredibly unique and bulletproof style of being himself. To me, he is the best example in an artistic way on how to operate and be yourself and to prove to the world that being the best you in the most thought out and realized version of yourself is actually the best job that you can do in service of yourself, service of your art, and service of society. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation. We were speaking at the pageant in St. Louis. I was opening up for him that night, and he was just about to eat some Thai food, and he was really kind to do an interview with me. So here we go. Where did country music come in? Uh, when I met, like, Dolly Parton when I was really little. Oh, you met her. No, 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 when I just, like, discovered Dolly Parton. I thought she was, like, I thought she was, like, Elvira or something. I didn't know she was, like, a real person. Whoa. Yeah. That kind of thing, like, translates into the archetype, like, you're creating, which is, like, almost, like, it is a character. Yeah, I mean. not. It's like well, that's the thing. It's, like, because right? the way I see country music, <clears throat> for me, like, the country music I grew up on, I love to, like, joke with people where I'm like name me a country artist and like I'll tell you what their like 
their aesthetic, like their heightened like shtick or aesthetic was. Because I feel like that is such a massive part of country music, like any era. Like even if you're talking about like... Now. Yeah, even now. Because now it's like... Okay, so like Dolly Parton, for instance, like wore wigs and like even, you know, her whole thing was like... Dolly's whole thing was like being this Appalachian... Smoky Mountain Girl, barefoot, fishing for, you know, with apples or whatever. That's like Jolene album. She's she's barefoot on the cover. That's it. Like, yeah. her vibe was, like, Appalachia, Smoky Mountains. Like, and, you know, she grew up, like, super poor. I mean, Coat of Many Colors is, like, a story about how she had no, you know, she didn't have a coat when she was a kid and her mama just so rags together or whatever. But that was her brand like that was her story you know and that was her place as like you know i think like country music is kind of like old hollywood where it's like even though you were like like greta garbo would play a really specific type of role or like you had like the horror actors who like walked around looking like they were in horror movies even in life or whatever because like you had to like own your persona in a way but it's like but there's sincerity to it so that's the thing with country is like you know, look at Johnny Cash or, like, any... I mean, it's really anybody. It like, really is, man. Wow. They all had this, like, heightened part of their personality that was, like, their stamp or their trademark. And then, you know, like, the ultra-sincerity beneath that right. in, the, in the storytelling. And so, for me, you know, my music is about, you know, about me it's like super personal stuff it's like about heartbreak it's about all the different places i've lived it's about people i've met and you know it's like super personal stuff and i've never actually been that personal as a, as a musician or a songwriter or a performer before until i started doing that this album so like or- orville peck was that always the thing yeah i mean you know it's funny like <clears throat> i think like there's a photo of me on my I put it up on my Instagram a while back but it's it's me when I'm like eight years old and I'm wearing like I'm wearing a cowboy hat and I have a handkerchief covering my face and I'm like playing cowboy because as a kid I just think that was my like that pastiche kind of image of what cowboys were it even if I didn't know it at the time of course I loved country music my whole life and there's that whole side of it, you know, and that's yes. like, you know, that's a big part of it because I really, you know, like I really like to pride myself as a quite a, you know, my, my knowledge of country music is really quite good and, you know, I've, I really respect it as a legacy. But my love of the image of what a cowboy is, both literally the, like, the image of it, but also, like, the kind of ethos behind it. Yes. Like, I, you know, I grew up a weird kid I mean obviously I was marginalized being like a gay guy and like you know but besides that I was just always even regardless of that I was just very much grew up in subversive culture and you know felt very much kind of outside of things and so I think that image of like the anti-hero that was always in like movies and books I loved as a kid and you know I, I think I connected with those I was more of like a Han Solo than a Luke Skywalker you know what I mean yes and I just think I connected more with those characters because they were somehow damaged or dark or kind of on the outside of things and essentially what those characters are are cowboys right I mean it's someone that's kind of on the outskirts of things and is there's like a intrinsic solitude to it which yes. I still carry a lot of to this day even yes. though I have a lot of people around me that I love and family and all that kind of you know stuff and right but it's almost like now it's like the thing you carry is like um, it's like a wave that everyone who's coming to your shows and people who are in your crew that was born out of your own solitude and now like it's all of y'all against the world it's so f- yeah they're like my posse <laughs> yes my friend but that's the thing like, like I what was did, were you doing um a vamp on like a uh, I'll have I'll have pride what was it last time you did a vamp on a on a lyric? Oh, uh, was it in Ride? Um, a vamp on where in Take You Back? In oh, I in Solidarity, that that song I do at the end. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, look, to me, it's funny because I get interviewed a lot about how, you know, um, I'm bringing a perspective to country music that's like opening up people maybe who didn't think they had a place in country music before you know like I I get a lot of like of course like LGBTQ people 
people of color who maybe felt like it was like you know country music was like very much like a white thing and kind of like you know but to me country music and the storytelling I mean the the kind of like like miles the like kind of big points of country music are like heartbreak yeah. loss yeah. you know anxiety yes. um, uh, seclusion like, I mean you know what I mean I mean yes. those all of those things I mean if that's not the experience of like a gay person a person of color a woman a mark anyone who's su- like how somehow marginalized even just like a weirdo or someone like you know if that's not the your ex- I mean those are the experiences of those people country music speaks to marginalized people because everyone that makes country music is singing from a place of trauma essentially and sometimes it's done with wit and humor Dolly Parton's great at that you know she all of her songs are kind of like funny and bubbly and like you know southern charm and like a bit jokesy but I mean a lot of what she's singing about is is essentially trauma you know like it's 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 not light subject matter so I think it makes complete sense to me that you know those people would be attracted to country music and it makes complete sense to me that people would be attracted to you know the image of a cowboy even beyond country music and the kind of the philosophy of what a cowboy is which is you know finding power and adventure in alienation essentially Mm -hmm. you know like being someone on the outside of things and like you know not on the top of the pile but kind of finding your own lonely power within that where do you think then your music exists in relation to what most mass consumed country music is like like format wise like yeah. is your music even country yeah I mean I think it's you know honestly I think it's more country I think fuck yes I think I agree I mean my thing is like listen I love all kinds of music and that's why the the debate about country or not doesn't interest me that much because I actually I love pop music I love punk I love gospel I love everything so to me, when things like blur a genre or cross over into different, it doesn't bug me because I like all music. If I want to get down to like an academic debate about what makes up country music, I mean, I'm happy to do that with people, but it's fucking boring to me. But also, I mean, if I had to answer that question, like to me, country music is, I mean, what are they, you know, like the oldest thing in the book is saying country music is like three chords and the truth, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, country music to me is... Yeah, of course, there's, like, a cadence and an instrumentation and a rhythm to an extent, right? I mean, but does putting a banjo on a song make it country? Mm. No. Does ha- not having a banjo on a song make it make it not country? Mm. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I have songs with banjo on it, and I have songs that don't have banjo on it, but, you know, people still question whether what I do is country, so I don't think it's about instrumentation. Uh, I think country music is about combining the bold larger than life storytelling that has been a legacy of that genre since the beginning you know and combining different influences which has also been the evolution of country music from the beginning whether they included like Appalachian mountain music Irish folk tunes pop music music, Memphis blues I mean all bluegrass I mean all all of that stuff the evolution of country music has always been from different cultures. I mean, for fuck's sake, cowboys are from Mexico. I mean, Latin America. Like, that vaquero culture is embedded within country music. Like, so all of these things exist within country already. So when, you know, like, when someone wants to have a debate about what country is, the only thing I think makes something country is combining the bold storytelling with sincerity. It's like a crossroads that most genres don't have. And you know, the only other genre that comes close to it is like rap and hip hop. So true. And that's why I think like, that's why I think collaborations like, like Willie Nelson and Stoop Dogg and like Nelly and Tim McGraw and like that, those have always made sense to me because rap is the exact same thing. It's like trauma displayed in wordplay, humor, wit, a little bit of flexing, yes. a little bit of uh, embellishment. I mean, it's that is what country music is as well. And and everyone as a rapper also has like their particular brand and flex and kind of like oh. I mean, it's the same fucking thing, really, you know. But where does like a uh, sorry, damn, I cut you off. no. Where does the particular brand manifest? It's like is that that couldn't have been a thought up thing by you, but to like to 
to do the nudies and to, to do the to do the mask and like the the arms like the the theatrical it's like it's like rocky horror meets <laughs> um sons of the pioneers it's like, i mean to me it's like it's just you know that's the thing is like when people think that there's some kind of mystery to me or like something fabricated or whatever it's like Okay, what did I grow up in the South? No. Would have I ever ranched cattle for a living? No, but I would wager most country musicians have done either of those things either. But like um to me I combined everything I grew up loving, oh. which is country music, theatricality, fashion, sincerity, like Givenchy. Like, I'm like no none of my friends know Givenchy. <laughs> and I'm like, I lost my shit. I love Givenchy. <laughs> it's like I saw the Supreme bag last night at the show. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't believe that. It's the most beautiful thing. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I like, to me, I love, I love everything about country music. Mm-hmm. I love everything from like the old Opry shit to like, you know, the Carter family, like hymns to, you know, the Dixie. Ch- I mean, I really genuinely love all country music. And then, you know, combining that with artists that I've loved my whole life who, you know, like, like you know, the arm thing. I think that's just, you know, I grew up doing theater and I grew up also loving people like Edith Piaf or, yeah. you know, like Nina Simone or like these performers who went up and just commanded the stage in like a single spotlight. So to me, you know, that's not something I'm trying to even emulate or fabricate but it's just part of what I what I grew up being inspired by as a performer so it's just a, it's intrinsically a part of who I am as a performer it's synthesized yeah might say. and then you know I love like the old 70s and 80s fashion and country you know like the rhinestones and the nudies and all of the really over the top shit and I just it's not even me trying to like throw it back it's just me being understanding or yeah and having an understanding and having a respect for that side of things too which is you know the the kind of style aspect of the genre which i also find you know really inspirational and i've always found really really cool as well i mean it's the easiest thing for me to do what i do now because i just get to be myself and do everything i love and people seem to really like it back and so like what it's like so it's fucking awesome yeah it's just it's so it's so insanely liberating in a in a way so. because i just it's like the it is just genuinely the easiest thing I've ever done as a performer. Was there ever a time where there was a trying time for you as a performer where things weren't working? Absolutely, my whole life. I mean, listen, I was an actor. I was a ballet dancer for like twelve years. Uh, I was whoa. Yeah, I, I was a musician in in many other bands. You know, I used to be a drummer. I used to like all. So kinds you weren't of, always lead guy. Mm-mm, never. I mean, one I did one band. Where I sang, but mostly I was known as a drummer in like punk bands and rock bands. Holy fuck! Yeah, I played drums in uh, like you know garage bands. Like I mean, bands that toured, people would know, you know. And like, I, I just, and I love that. I actually miss drumming a little bit. I keep joking. I'm gonna like start a new punk band like incognito and just like <laughs> no, no, that'd be no. so dope. <laughs> or like in the show, would you ever go back and just like on the Margo Price does that? She'll go and like play a song. That's cool. No, I don't know. Not true. maybe Chris. You know, Chris, my drummer. He's an incredible piano player. That's he's like crazy. classically trained, and so maybe we'll I'll switch out with him, and he can play piano, and I'll play drums. The show is so tight too. It's like on that you guys just have like a well oiled thing. Well, we've just, had enough practice. <laughs> we've been on tour for like fucking literally forever so I think that's probably due to that but I mean they're incredible musicians I'm not a very technical musician at all like I taught myself everything I know <gasps> what about singing though you seem to have a classical approach yeah I mean I, I, I definitely trained as a singer when I was younger but it's funny I, it wasn't until a few years ago where um, I did more kind of like a holistic approach to singing how so I took these classes about kind of like freeing the natural voice as people call it it's like things like Linklater or um, you know Alexander Technique I mean it's just these it's a lot of a lot of actors do it and a lot of you know kind of Mm. Broadway singers and people like that Um, and it's more about uh, I mean it's kind of like hippy dippy shit but it's more about uh, I guess it's about finding helping you really find like the most comfortable freeing natural way for you to sing so you're not straining anything you're not 
because I think a lot of times, you know, as singers, we we grow up trying to emulate other singers, and then we make try and force our voice to do things that it's not really supposed to do, and then people get like nodes and crazy shit, and like they lose their voices. But I mean, that was me for a long time as a singer. I was always losing my voice. I was always feeling strained because uh, I used to sing really high, belt high, you know, and mm-hmm. then. I started doing these classes and I realized I was like, whoa, you know, my emotional kind of core is like way, it sounds so hippie, but like, you know, my like emotional core is like way more open when I sing like lower in my register. And it's interesting because then I started writing all these kind of crooner songs and I found it so much easier to connect to like what I was singing about in that register whoa which is nuts because it sounds like that shouldn't be a connection but uh, you know like if you think about it it makes complete sense it does you know like I think now you know um, the only reason that my voice gets tired now is just because of the like the sheer amount of shows we play so I'm just exhausted you know but I've you know having been singing like this for a while now um it's it, I find it much easier. I don't have to do like these crazy extensive warm ups like everything. It just feels easy and connected, and you know I, I don't have to think about like breathing or any of these kind of technical things that I tried to learn for so long. Whoa! And now I just kind of realized where I was like, well, if you just connect to what you're doing, it's like the work. There's you don't really have to put that much work into it in that way. Technical. I mean, you're work. like doing it in every sense. Like you're doing it aesthetically. You're doing it with the people you're around, the songs you write. Yeah. It's like you're just like doing. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just, I've been like a, you know, I just, I'm, I don't know, I just, I've, I've been like a creative person my whole life, but I think I've, I've, I've struggled for a long time to like find, I was always like yeah. good at things in a technical kind of like, you know, like whatever, but I never felt authentic that Whoa. much as a performer. Whoa. Yeah. What started the chapter of authenticity? I don't know, growing up a little bit. I, I, I quit music for a long time. I quit music for like six years. Whoa, okay. Yeah, so and I went to kind of focus on acting again, and I did a bunch of this kind of training. <clears throat> then I did a play on the West End in London for like a year. Uh, and then I just crazy realized I really missed making music, and I just knew if I was going to do it again, I wanted to like do it how I always kind of hoped I could have done it. There's always this thing where it's like, so many of my friends in Nashville, or like the ones that live in New York, LA, they're always like, well, I'm just going to delete everything off my Instagram. And like, I'm going to start, I'm going to go on, under an artist name. And it's like, um, some of them pull it off. And then some of them, like, there's a, there's like this lack of authenticity there where it's like the medium between the, the internal truth and the audience, the facade, whatever it is, yeah. even if it comes from an influence of, of past to role models, etc., it doesn't work. And it's like, what is that fine line that makes it... Well, I think the irony is that, like, <clears throat> people might look at something like what I do because it's very highly... The aesthetic is high. Yeah. Right. Like, there's, like, it's there's outfits rare. and there's all kinds of things, whatever. But people confuse that on a surface with maybe, oh, this is all, this is inauthentic because there's so much going on and there's, like... You know, like, people think I'm, like... Uh, <clears throat> like it's like a like a ploy or like a you know like a shtick or a whatever but the reality is is that all of this stuff that I do that is actually the authentic me that is because right. I grew up loving all that stuff and so when I do all of this right that is me being my most authentic self and me just going up and being in like you know like Converse and a t-shirt or whatever, like that is me actually being inauthentic, right? right? Just to who I am. Right. I'm just extra. You know what I mean? Like that's so just what it is. I'm just extra. Yes. And so like this is me being authentic. And Whoa. that's why I think it connects with people. And it's it's like, but it. I just think that we can tell when something is not sincere. So quick. Especially nowadays, more and more, more you know, like... And it's, I just think people get confused where it's like they think that if you're doing something performative or theatrical or like over the top or you're adding in all these other elements, like for some reason people assume that that immediately means it's, in, it's inauthentic. But I mean, I was watching, uh, <clears throat> I was watching, I was in Nashville like 
two weeks ago or something for a meeting, and that was what in my hotel room, and I was watching the Ken Burns documentary. So great! Oh my god, it's so good, and it's so funny because it's it's really legends reiterating exactly all these things that we're talking about, which is so validating. Because I'm yes. like, okay, I'm not crazy, <laughs> like you know, it's like Maybe it's like Merle Haggard, way. like really like like reiterating everything I believe already. And I'm like, okay, I'm like good, <laughs> you know. And like <laughs> side note. Like, what the fuck was Merle Haggard wearing towards the end of his life? <laughs> I never with, really with the, with the purple John Lennon glasses in the... I know, he's just like an aging guy. In the pork so, pie hat. I was so sad watching that because it was like... I mean, that must have been <clears throat> not... Long, they must have filmed that, like, not long before, right? And it's like... But he's everything he says in that is just so good. But um, I just think... Oh, so in the commercials for this, they were like... You know, like, PB, it was on PBS, and they do, like, these kind of, like, sponsored ad things about, yeah. like, you know, whatever. And they had all these new <clears throat> kind of, like, mainstream pop country singers who actually I don't even know because I don't really know much about that world, to be honest How with you. How do you justify not knowing that world? Is it because you just have any interest in it? I mean, I, I just, it doesn't grab me. I mean, that's honestly just what it is, and it's not oh, the... So you follow what grabs you, and that's it. Yeah, I'm op I'm an open book. I don't give, I have no pretension about music. I'll listen to Top 40, I'll listen to fucking anything. I'll listen to Trash, if it's enjoyable. Like, you know, like, if I can find some aspect of it that I find interesting, whether it's the visual, whether it's the lyrics, whether it's the story, the music, I mean, I'm down, you know? Like, I'm not a pretentious person with regards to art. Like, I like... I think that, you know, like, I'm, like, John Watersy, and I think that, mm. like, trash can be better than, you know, fine art. But I, most of the time in that world, mm. I find the visuals boring, so that doesn't grab me. Mm. I find the music pretty stale mm. and soulless most of the time. Mm. And, it, and then the thing I really don't like about it is it's trying to play off as what we're talking about. It's, it tries to play off these you know, iconic tropes of country and it tries to like make a new legacy for country, but I don't think it follows any kind of sincerity. I mean, they're telling us it's sincere, but it doesn't yeah. feel sincere to me at all. So like when people like on like an arena size scale level resonate with that, then it's like, what? And then the thought in my mind is always like, well, yeah, like it might be soulless. And it's like, it follows like this crazy trend that is modern and so du jour. Yeah. But it's like, Everyone likes that, like on that mass scale level. So, like, is your approach, to, <coughs> like your approach to like growing a fan base, is it like, is it kind of like, well, if I don't, if they don't love me because I'm very, very, and they don't love me for who I am, I'm just gonna go to the people who do love me. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm just gonna do what I do. I mean, am I ever insecure? Yeah. Do I ever doubt myself all the time? Am I ever like freaking out inside? Yeah, a lot of the time. But you know what? Like, I learned at a young age. Um, there is no better version of yourself than yourself. And I, like it or not, warts and all, whatever. But like, <clears throat> there was a long period in my life where I forgot about that. And I spent a long time as a performer trying to be what I thought would be successful or what I thought would be, <clears throat> you know, important to other people or the right way to come off or like what's the best kind of my personality or what's the best way to display my art I don't give a fuck anymore I'm just too tired for that shit I want to oh, do wow. exactly what I want to do yeah. do I do it 100% confidently all the time no I'm always nervous but You're, last night were you nervous at all? <clears throat> I get nervous when I'm tired because then I then I feel like I can't um, oh right like focus on sure. the right kind of thing and I feel like I, I, I fall back into like my old performer habits where it's just like autopilot, uh, yeah. which is something I really try and not do these days. I really try hard to like not make it feel like I'm going up and doing choreography, you know, yeah. like I just want it to feel organic and different That's every night. The thing, man, right. So <clears throat> I guess what is it your intention has to be fueled by the right thing then at that point? Yeah, well, you know what I do? I rely on the audience. I rely on remembering to like actually make eye contact with someone and and tell them what I'm singing about. That's a conscious thing in your mind. Oh yeah, when I start drifting off or I'm like worried about something or I start getting like if I start screwing up guitar, I'm like it's because I'm distracted and I'm worried about stuff that I shouldn't be worrying about. So then I look at someone and I remember like what I'm singing about is personal to me and I'm sharing it with someone. I try and tell it to them really and I try and, you know, have a connection with them. And that usually then that's when I'm my hands just go where they need to on the guitar and my Whoa. voice frees up and everything else goes Whoa. into place. It sounds like um there's this uh, uh fighter uh trainer called Vinny Shorman uh. and he talks about this thing called Huckalow. 
Okay. And huckalow is something that like racehorses get into. And, oh, like, that's fighters cool. get into, etc. And it's like you put the blinders on, so like everything just kind of flows. And it literally is a physical state that has mental uh, effects. Dude, I believe it. That's kind of what I was talking about, that training I did, right? It sounds like your whole life, though. Like, everything around you, it's like... Well, do you know what it is? We spend so much time trying to, like, do and, like, control things, you know? And I actually am kind of a controlling person, like, with my shit. So I've really had to learn to, like, embrace chaos and embrace the unknown. and Because that's where the best shit happens. You know, and like, I've really yes. had to learn. Now that I make music that is personal to me, and yeah. I've, I've I I put myself out there, I've had to do a lot of undoing as a performer. Where like before I go on stage, I really try and remind. It sounds so cheesy, but like I no. really try and remind myself like what the songs mean to me, what they're about, what I'm trying to tell people, what I'm trying to like do here. I just try and focus on that shit. Well, real thanks. Time and then I don't feel nervous. You know, I'm not saying that it. I'm not saying I feel like confident because I. I think I lack confidence as a person, honestly. Oh wow! But it helps me to not feel like like doubt. I guess. Yes, doubt's fucked. Doubt kills everything. Yes. Do I feel afraid? Yeah. Cause like what sucks, <laughs> but I don't. I don't like to feel doubtful. You know, like the thing that's really bad is like when you have doubt and you're talented, because then like you're just using your talent to like hit the bullseye, but there's no feeling behind the bullseye. And you know, a lot of a lot of performers experience this. You know, oh, like of course, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of fucked, and it's like, I mean, I feel like I spent um, most of my life being fairly successful in the arts, but never ever once ever feeling proud of myself Ooh, is that because like you have really high uh, expectations and goals of yourself that and also i think i just there's something you know like uh imposter syndrome people call it sometimes or like things like that it's kind of just this feeling that like you know you you can be in like a room and you've just like won an oscar and everyone's like congratulating you and like all of this going through your head is like they've made a mistake like yeah you know like yeah. someone's gonna come in here and tell me like oh actually it was a different orville peck you know <laughs> <laughs> you know like i i used to experience that a lot and i don't know what that is i guess it's just insecurity i mean it's not it's not it's you know i think a lot of people experience it um but that's the nice thing about this project because I get to actually connect with people. So I get to like step back from it, even though it's me. Yeah. I get to like step away from it and look at it and be like, oh. wow, I'm a part of that. And that's really cool. Whoa. Okay. So and that's kind present. of where like, yeah, I'm present. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly it. I feel present. Yeah. And man. the moments when I fuck up and I get, and I get, on stage like we were talking about that's because it's not being present that's exactly what it is that right? totally like, is it yeah. there's this thing uh, Sam Harris he talks about the concept of like literally every single thing everything like, this let this Mac this hummus the rent we have to pay the person you love every single thing small and big it all boils down to the present moment yeah and whatever your attention is focused on and it's like the thing about performing is like I also heard this the other day where it's like performing and when it's all lining up and it's electric it's like it's literally it is an excuse for everyone to enter uh, a different plane of reality simultaneously together and then like we get off the ride when the performance is over That's cool. and it's like if your attention is in the present moment and you're conducting and you're being you to your full extent then you're like you're the conductor of the attention train but you see that's the thing is like that's why I think that's why I like being extra and why you probably like being extra and like I you know like because I think well because I think you know when I was younger like the performances you know that I would go to or like art that moved me or film or you know anything music whatever it's all the same like Like, it's the same use yeah but like the the stuff that really genuinely moved me was stuff that you know gave me 110% and Mm. was fully realized and Whoa. You know, moved me. Fully realized. Yeah. I think, I think, I think that is important in art. I think, I just think it's like. How do you realize something? 
I don't know. I think it's having a vision and not necessarily that meaning like you show up with a completed like bow on it because I think that's bullshit too. It doesn't exist, right? But like, look at David Bowie, right? Like, David Bowie wrote incredible music, but it didn't end there. You know, he had he had out crazy outfits. He had multiple personas and legends about himself. And like, I mean, you can take anything that David Bowie did and take one piece of it out of context, and it would be incredible. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, if you just look at a photo of David Bowie, and you've never heard his music... It's startling. And you'd never know anything about him, you're like, holy fuck, that looks so cool. Yes. If you listen to a David Bowie song, you've never seen a picture of him, you've never anything, you're like, whoa, this is incredible. If you just read the lyrics and never heard the music, you'd be like, holy fuck, this is amazing. Like, every part of it is thoughtful. I love it. And I think that's what fully realized means, is that... I see nothing is wasted like and it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be even good i just i appreciate i appreciate when art is thoughtful and i don't even mean thoughtful as in like the subject matter i just mean when every bit of it has had an attention put to it right man. you know like the floorboards the lighting and that can look and that can look casual even like you know it doesn't need to be me in the crazy exactly dude um i always joke that like uh um, uh, Oasis, you know, like, totally. like so much thought goes went into that band, and like they basically built a following on just being like assholes, <laughs> you know, what I mean? uh, they, like, and they were dicks, <laughs> yeah, and like you know they made great music, but their whole thing was just being like so like fucked off with everybody, and like I mean that's genius, you know, and like I just think I think we've fallen into this realm where like apathy is good enough mm-hmm. and like I just don't care for that I maybe I'm from a different generation or I don't know what it is but like I don't I people lose and that's kind of what we're doing you know, back to the like the mainstream pop radio country thing it just feels like n- no one's even trying to me it's like so like how do you feel about like someone like Luke Combs who had like I think he had like six number ones on his first album I mean I think a lot of that stuff is like, do you even listen I to think me? no like, so, like, do you give a fuck that you don't listen to it? No. And, like, do you care if your music, like, doesn't contend with it? No. Right. But... How do you not care about those things? I don't know. But I... Do you know why? Because I know in my heart that there are people who... Fuck yeah. Probably like that world... Yeah. ...that also respect what I do. Wow. And I know that... Because I know because they come to my shows all the time. And I know that, like, my... What I do has legs beyond just that sliver of life, Whoa. and I'm not—I'm not even dogging that because it's just not for me. I don't care. I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not like against it. It's right. fine. But <clears throat> I feel lucky that, like, I think, you know, I think like Luke Combs only can exist in that world. Oh. You know what I mean? Whereas I think, I think if you are—I don't know—I think if your art has legs, it can kind of exist everywhere and longer, maybe. Yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> so it doesn't bother me. I'm very, I'm very, you know, I'm very comfortable with my fan base. I think they're incredible. It's like so diverse. I mean, it's the most diverse fan base I've ever seen. It makes no sense, and that's what makes all the sense. Totally. I mean, it's crazy. Like it'll be like eighty-year-old country fans standing next to like a drag queen, yes. and you're just like, wait, do these people like have they ever even been in the same? world together you know like it's like your aesthetic in like you there's like a there's like a pop cultural relevantness to it because of like the sleek and the look and like the the posture and like the intention right and then like the talent and the 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 sonics like that would be like someone who totally like bought a marty robbins record absolutely like would fucking love totally like how much of your Mm. like what's your process to like write some of the songs on your album like, how do you write Buffalo Run? Buffalo Run I wrote because I wanted to have... Okay, so... Do you write it with a band? Do you write it just on acoustic? Acoustic, usually, yeah. Just by yourself? Mm-hmm. Okay. On my father's acoustic guitar, yeah. Do you I, smoke weed? Do you, do you drink beer? Do you... Sometimes. I mean, mostly it's like just... It starts with an idea. Like, the idea just comes to you? Well, I want... Okay, so for Buffalo Run, for example, I I am a huge bluegrass fan. Me like, too. I love bluegrass. And I think it's funny because I you know, grew up a, a punk rocker and, like, playing in punk bands and, like, listening to kind of scary music and, like, death metal and stuff like that. And I actually, I hear a lot of frightening, haunting Little stuff brothers. in bluegrass. 
Dude. Knoxville girl. Oh my like, god. All the murder ballads and shit. Yeah, they called insane. her a fat girl and they no, no, buried no. her in the river. It's crazy. That song is insane. Like, I mean, even even like Scruggs and stuff and like the yes. Dillards and I mean there are songs the Dillards were like a comedy troupe essentially but like yes. some of that music it's like the key it's the changes the speed the freneticism of it it's like kind of frightening you know it's scary it feels a little bit creepy and scary and that's what I love about Bluegrass and so I wanted to have a song that started I wanted it to basically to write a song that felt like a stampede so I wanted it to start really gentle like just grazing on the on the plains yeah. and then I wanted it to feel like a buffalo run where you know like where the buffalo would be like run off a canyon basically right Whoa, and so I wanted it to build and build and build and have elements of like bluegrass elements of punk elements wow. of sh- of uh, like no wave you know like yes. a bit of 80s influence so much and I just I wanted it to feel like by the time it gets to the end of that song when it kind of breaks and all the buffalo are jumping off into the canyon it's kind of like an ex- it's kind of like a welcome chaos that finally the tension breaks and it just feels like you know yeah. so so for instance so that's like for buffalo when i started with it started with like an idea rather than like you know i'm going to write a song that's in in d or whatever you know what i mean yeah are any of the songs on Pony like that, or are they all kind of coming from these ideas that came to you? Mostly ideas. I mean, maybe n- n- everything is kind of... What's cine- the first song on that record? Dead of Night. That song. It, it's still my favorite song off of it. Thank you. Um, what's the deal with that? How'd that happen? I wanted to write um, a Torch song. What is that? So Torch song is like, you know, it's in lots of different genres, but it's huge in country. So it's um, a song about unrequited love, essentially. You know, stand by your man, or you know, it's a ballad that's usually about a regret, or you know, something like that. Um, I wanted to write a song that felt like, I mean, I wanted it to feel like what it's about. I guess I wanted it to feel like um, a memory that is so sad to look back on because it was so happy. If that makes any sense, like a time with a person yeah. that you felt so free and adventurous and in love, but it didn't end up that way. So you torture yourself by remembering it, because yes. the memory of it is so bittersweet. But you, it's do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, it's like the very seed, <clears throat> the very sesame seed of the song is so thoughtful it's like it's like like when you think of someone you've lost you know it could be like a relative it could be a relationship and like for some reason you know you're sitting in a car or you're like on your own or something and something reminds you of something and you know you're like oh don't think about that because it's a bummer but you kind of like literally torture yourself where you're like oh maybe i should just keep thinking and then you remember it, and maybe you don't think about the bad things. You only think, and then you maybe romanticize it even more. Isn't that the thing about the past loves and the memory is like you are curating a different story. Totally, and you're it's doing like, it in a crazy. I mean, at least for me, in a kind of sadistic way most of the time. You know, isn't like that the thing about chaos is like all the times of chaos are completely like they can be archived and they're alive whenever you open them back up. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's an interesting thing that we do. It's like human condition, but yeah, that song. Damn. And so then I play that song every night and it tortures me every night even to play it. But that's the point it of it. Does that. it really? It kind of, well, it's getting less torturous now because we, <laughs> we play it every night. <laughs> but, you know, like, I mean, I wanted the opening lonely guitar line to basically feel like a memory creeping in that you don't want to creep in, but you kind of want to creep in. So that's like the premise of the start of all of that it's so if people want to f- think about that when they listen to it and maybe, maybe look at it oh yes <laughs> dude that's literally unbelievable like you give yourself so much room for indulgence of what you're truly feeling and you don't try to like you like you let your intention and your emotion and what you're feeling guide where the art should go not on like some projected uh, result you want to achieve from it or something like that well I think it's just because <clears throat> I mean like I honestly think it's just because I've been performing since I was like 10 years old that's insane and so it's like I have done it so many different ways and I've approached it in so many different ways that Mm -hmm. like I've just learned that like it is true it's just like you have to just 
let it out wow. however it's coming out and like you shape it after that and whatever but you can't what do you mean shape it after like let it out like when you're writing the song like just yeah i mean listen afterwards i'm i'm you know i'll sit and produce it and think like you know this needs to sound like this or i want to put a little bit of 80s production on this or i want it to have a 90s shoegaze sound or i want it to have yeah. more of like a country feel or i want it to you know like that that's the shaping of it. That's the, shaping. that's the like finessing of it. But the 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 raw material is just something that you throw up. You know what I mean? And it sounds oh, like stupid, fuck. but like I think it has to be that part of it, the beginning part of it, like that has to be something sincere, so there's or like there's no hope. Because if you start finessing something that isn't even sincere to begin with, I mean that's when you end up with stuff that people can't connect to because it's just you know it might be all the right checks or whatever yeah. but it, it's not steeped in anything whoa so it's like are you overthinking it when the lyrics are coming and the I like where the song is going and this falsetto part comes out of nowhere it's like I could the second I heard it it was like an assistant for the works of William Morris like sent it to me she's like you would love this and I turned <laughs> it on I was on the elliptical and it, it was like <laughs> fucking awesome elliptical music and it's like especially Buffalo Run and like Dead of Night lowered the heart rate but like brought the memories up and that's all great and beautiful yeah yeah but like I could, I saw like you writing it. I'm like that just came to you, and I thought I'm just projecting this. But it's like you're writing the song, and the falsetto part comes in your mind, and you just let it happen, and that became part of the thing. Right. So you just let it happen. Yeah. Fuck. But it's like, listen. I mean, I'm not saying that I sit down and I'm like, you know, like John Lennon or whatever. Like, there's, you know, there is of course like embellishment that goes into it and all that stuff. But that is also the tradition of what I'm trying to achieve, you know, like... Which is? Country music. Fuck yeah. Whether yeah. people agree or not or whatever, I mean, no one will tell me different because I, okay, I am that. making country music how I know it. And I got to tell you, I know the history of country music better than most people. So no one will tell me that I, I understand my place in country music. You know what I mean? Where is that an evolving thing for you, your place? Yeah, and I think that, that it has to be because country music is always evolving. And, Dude, and every generation, it has a, a pretty big evolution. Truly. I mean, from, like, original Opry days to, you know, allowing Ernest Tubb or, like, allowing electric guitar or allowing... There were no bands for yeah. years. Yeah, they, it was... I mean, Chet Atkins, they would... they. The car, I mean, I, you know, they, the Carter family wanted to bring Chet, Chester Atkins and, like, they would not let him even be there. Like, yes. And then you had, like... Uh, you know the the outlaws like being too too per, per, uh, too crazy for Nashville and they were like you know attacking the Nashville sound yes. and you had would even service their songs yeah like, God Willie Nelson he has his first like four or five albums were flops I mean they they literally would just drop every label dropped it yes you know and then he started smoking weed and it was like move oh. to Austin yeah exactly and he just it sounds like he's let it flow and that's the thing because like if you listen to old Willie Nelson like old RCA oh, kind of like I mean walls? it's so weird it's like, like people can't I mean people would not believe it's him have you, know? you seen those old videos of him too, oh my god and he's like in a suit and yes. he's got like that super like the grammar guitar and that's the thing is like he's he, high as fuck but that's the, the thing time. but like he didn't he, that is that's Willie Nelson being inauthentic oh my god did we just crack on a major full circle yeah Willie Nelson see it's every but that's what I'm saying is like it's all human it's all country this is all the same <sighs> thing and that's why I get confused when people are like you know, questioning, love to question, like, what is country? Because country is not one thing. I mean, it's not. The so only silly. thing it is is, like, is essentially sincerity. It's the most sincere genre. That is the and then you kind of add the, like, the, like, embellishments the on top of it. Yeah, you know, and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to be... I'm going to be extremely sincere, but my thing is like, you know, I'm going to sing about convicts and I'm going to sing about all my time spent in prison, even though I never went to prison. I don't wear black suits. I mean, that's Johnny Cash. Fuck yes. You know, like, or like Merle Haggard being like this man's man who sings about disappointing his mother or like, you know what I mean? Like, and he's like had major tenacity too. I feel like that's a big part of country. Like he saw Johnny play at Folsom. Oh my God. And he's totally. like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are? It's crazy. Like, that but that's the thing. thing is like, country music is like... To me, it's so exciting and theatrical and full of, like, it's so full of, you know, diverse perspectives. And I just think there's a stigma, especially in the last, like, 15 years, about what country music is because of what's on, like, you know, three radio stations. And it's like, why does that need to be dictating an entire genre that's been around? It's the oldest form of American music. Whoa. It really, truly. 
Yeah, it's the only form of American music. Dude, this is uh, this is very inspiring, my friend. Yeah, dude, Thanks it's for like sharing. This. Of course, I mean, I feel inspired and I feel excited. I feel like there's gonna be. That's why I like. I'm so glad you're like to you know be on tour with you and have everyone and like. I just think that like, this genre is like. Exploding. exploding and it's like got so many different variants and different vibes and like I mean that's how it fucking should be it's like a Fibonacci sequence yeah I mean listen when I go when I'm like when I, I don't want to I don't no other genre of music does am I sitting around being like is this really rock you know this like, this one this really particular it's like fuck who like, cares rap like, fans were like fuck yes to mumble rap yeah it's like country fans need to like open up a little more dude they just need to they need to like settle down you're not and they need to they need to actually just open a history book because then they'll see that like this has been happening since the fucking beginning of country music wow you know like I'm not the first person that to question for people to question whether it's country or not you know and I won't be the last and that's annoying but I'm never gonna question whether anything's country or not because I believe it's all country it's all good whoa that's it yeah dude I got put on velvet jacket. Okay, let's do it. I hope you loved this as much as I did. I truly loved it. We taped this a little while back, so going back and listening to it, hearing it today, I just, I love what he's doing and everything that we were talking about here, you guys can take with you and make your own. Just nothing but truth here. Let me know your, uh, your thoughts on my Tiger King synopsis. Go check out Peck's music. What we were hearing today music-wise was Dead of Night by Peck. This is River of Happiness by Dolly Parton off Jolene, her debut album. And then we had some Casey Jones, which is off uh, Working Man's Dead, Grateful Dead, 1971. I don't know. And why pretend to know? You can just Google it. Or we can ask Alexa. Y'all check out the live stream that we're doing every week now on YouTube. Uh, details are on my Instagram. Check out the Cosmic Country playlist on Spotify. Check out my website. Sign up for the email list to be able to hear these podcasts before anyone else does and also be able to get merchandise before anyone else does and tabs and all that good stuff. Y'all stay happy. Y'all stay positive. Talk to you later.